This is the Connecting Flights podcast, all about a philosophy of travel that puts relationships at the center. I'm your host, Jeff Stanford. All right, starting the DL episode of Connecting Flights podcast. Sweet. So, we're here to talk about unconventional... <laughs> That's the word for it. <laughs> Unconventional adventures of DL. Um, so why don't you, I guess, introduce yourself and. Hi, I'm DL Moody, <laughs> and I am completely incapable of taking a normal vacation, what most people would consider a normal vacation. <laughs> yes, it's just the way it works out. <laughs> so DL and I have known each other for over a decade. Oh man, and uh, yeah, two years ago we spent a weekend. In Iceland. <laughs> yes. The weekend. Iceland had been on my the top of my short list for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And the way I recall it was something along the lines of, you came to me and said, hey, there are really cheap tickets to Iceland. Do you want to go? And I'm like, yes. At which point <laughs> you said, but I only have one day of vacation. So it has to be a three-day weekend. <laughs> to which I said, yeah, okay. <laughs> Let's do it. So that was back when Wow Air was still a thing. Oh, rip Wow Air. Ah, and uh, tickets were 200? 200 bucks. 250? 200 bucks. 200 round trip. 200 to 250 round trip. Yeah. Yep. We packed one bag between the two of us, and you had like a yeah, fishing paid, vest. Paid, paid, I think, 50 bucks to check a bag. Yeah. It was, it was either $40 to take on an extra carry-on bag that was small, or $50 to take a checked bag, which was much, much larger. Yes. So we decided to pay to take one checked bag with us mm-hmm. and just pack all our extra stuff in there. Yeah. So we did that and packed on layers of clothes. And uh, this was this was inauguration weekend, 2017, yes. January 20th. So everybody else on the plane was going back to Europe from the Women's March in D.C. Oh, that's right. So like everybody had a pink hat on. And uh, so that was, that was quite a... It was quite a thing. There was like quite this energy on the plane, and um, it was interesting. I know at least my seatmate was a, a guy from the UK who had come over with his son just to just to see the inauguration, and they had bet huh. on who would win, Trump or Hillary, and somebody won five hundred quid off the other. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I also have a bad habit of leaving the country right after major elections. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we had a great time. We we flew out on the evening and got there at like five or six a.m. and yeah, still five dark. o'clock in the morning. It was um, we landed and uh, they they didn't um, they didn't pull us up to a, a jetway. Uh, they just opened the door and uh, rolled up a ramp. Oh yeah. And I remember as we got close to the door, I turned around and looked at you as the wind was howling at forty five miles an hour. With the rain, spitting rain, it was 45 degrees, <laughs> and I looked at you and I said, welcome to Iceland, Here we we're go. walking onto the tarmac from the plane, <laughs> in the rain and wind. Yes. We went through security, or immigration, or whatever, and they didn't ask us anything. They were just like, stamp, here you go, have fun. Yeah, there was a desk off yeah. the side, if you have something, come over here and talk to us. Yeah. There wasn't even anybody at the desk. <laughs> so we got our uh, late 90s. Jeep Grand Cherokee with electrical issues? Yeah. Uh, 
Well, they called it a Jeep Grand Cherokee, but it was basically the same thing as the Jeep Cherokee that I used to have. Okay. Yeah, it was called a Grand Cherokee, but it was definitely the body style of the original Cherokee here. Yeah, got the four-wheel drive because we were expecting, oh, I don't know, snow uh, in January in Iceland. Mm -hmm. uh, Instead, so we got rain. Yeah. Um, and it was, but yeah, not too much a problem getting that. They asked if we wanted the insurance. I did get the insurance because yeah. it was it covered just about everything. And it was like, I have no idea what to expect here. So I'm just going to go ahead and get that. Although they were very sure to let us know that insurance, there was no insurance company that was going to cover uh, doors that were bent backwards. If you did not hold on to the handle, when you open the door and the 40 mile an hour wind catches it and slams the door and crunches up the front of your car, uh, no insurance company was going to cover that. Too bad. That or damage to the roof of the car if, say, you rolled it. Those were the two, those <laughs> yeah. the two exceptions. And we had spent maybe two weeks or so beforehand. Uh, kind of looking around online, trying to decide where we wanted to go. I think we had mm -hmm. said the um, whatever where the little glacial runoff is, where the little ice cubes are floating in the water. Name I can't remember anymore because uh, it's really late right now. Look it up. And uh, <laughs> uh, we had said that, and uh, there were a couple waterfalls uh, that we had had wanted to visit, and maybe we would do the main things around the. The Golden Circle, I think. Diamond Beach or something like that, where all the icebergs washed back up. That okay. was off that glacier lake. And we knew that's how far we wanted to go. Yeah. So we knew we needed to make it pretty far across the southern end of the country, southern edge of the country before, you know, that day. The mm -hmm. other thing is we went in January, so there was only five and a half hours of daylight, I think. Yeah. So we got there and just started we driving. Were, we were driving <laughs> for... So for four or five hours before we could see anything, it was just pitch black. Yeah. All we could see was the road. And then the, in Iceland, they have these signs that tell you when you're coming up to a town. And so it's just a picture of like little buildings. And then when you leave the town, it's the same picture with a big old red slash right through it. Um, usually a distance to tell you how far yeah. the next town. Another 40 kilometers. Nothing. Yeah. We did see the one. There was one of the waterfalls that had a light on it. That we saw as you were driving by, so we drove over close to it. Oh, yeah. But uh, you couldn't really couldn't make out much of it at that time. It was like, we're just going to keep driving, come back. Yes. I think the next the next crazy th – oh, there's so many things. But I think our first <laughs> shock was going to get a meal. We stopped at a gas station, uh, and we decided to have just gas station food, just a little combo meal mm -hmm. of – Sandwich. It was like chicken sandwiches and fries and a drink, I think, or something like that. Yeah, chicken. It might not even be a sandwich. It was, some kind, of, it was some kind of like cabbage, oh, like yeah. salady kind of stuff. And it was twenty dollars each. Yeah. So for the guest, the gas station <laughs> chicken. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then we had decided to do Airbnbs for places to stay for the night. There was hotel options, and there was some maybe some hostels or something, but. So, and, and it turned out that the Airbnb is the way to go in Iceland because mm -hmm. it's a guest house culture and Airbnb has just made it easy to do that. Yeah. yeah. That the hotels are usually significantly more expensive. <clears throat> and instead, we could stay in a house with Wi-Fi and get breakfast. Yeah. <clears throat> and every house is different and interesting. So that first night was Guest House Bjork. Guest House Bjork. So if you've never seen a photo of Bjork, that's the place to go. Because they are all there. They're all over the walls. <laughs> just photos of Bjork everywhere. It was a little unsettling trying to sleep. Yes. Asterisk <laughs> un, 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 uh, unrelated to uh, <laughs> not actually Bjork's house. Bjork fan house. Yes. 
We had some very good, uh, very good pancakes the next morning, mm -hmm. and then it was off, off again. Not too long after that, we were passing through a town. We saw somebody hitchhiking. We're like, well, why not? Sure, why not? Yeah, it's base. Just the two of us in this big old <laughs> SUV. Uh, so we we uh, stopped, and, and our our new friend Rosie got in. We just kind of drove her around for the day, and she had been already hitchhiking. She was kind of a young young person mm -hmm. from. From Canada, and uh, she had already. She was like, "Yeah, I spent. You know, these people took me up here, and she'd been all the way all around the island already." She had um, come with another friend. Yeah. And another friend got homesick and left her, and she decided she was going to stay. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so she's adventurer for sure. And then we decided. We had the we had the option. It was like either go see the things that everyone goes to see, mm -hmm. or go see this waterfall that I think is pronounced like Gujane. Um, kind of way up, way up north, but still in a in a reasonable distance uh, from from the airport. So we started driving, and it started we, snowing. And uh, and and very soon after we got on that road going north, that highway going north, it changed to gravel, mm -hmm. um, washboard gravel. <laughs> so yes. we couldn't drive very fast. <laughs> we went all the way up and around this one, I don't know, mountain or whatever. Yeah, it was a. There's a big mountain formation and the this triangle of of highways that's in the middle. Yeah, and we're just driving past it forever. And we get up to the other highway, and then we take our left on that highway, and we're going down, and we find the entrance road to this, mm -hmm. and we go, I don't know, a kilometer, two kilometers down this road mm -hmm. that's now covered in snow mm -hmm. uh, and somewhat icy, and we get to just a big old chain across the road. Yeah, and yep. you can see back. Down the road a little further, it's just ice. Yeah. And I think there was a hole where somebody had tried to go and crashed it, through it. And the road had been closed for ice. We were under five kilometers. Yeah. We made it less than two kilometers from this. four hours. We drove four hours out of the way to go <laughs> see this. And we get, we get with less than five kilometers from it, and suddenly we can't. The road is closed, <laughs> and we can't go any further. So we drove south from there. Mm-hmm. And then found a nice little spot up in the, the hills there. There's a place you go climb up onto some of the peaks and you go overlook mm -hmm. the valley that we went and did as the sun was setting on our second day. Yeah. And then at some point then we dropped Rosie off for her to do whatever's yeah. next. Get her. I think she was getting a flight. She said, drop us off yeah. in this town. I got somebody to come pick me up there. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Sure. And off she went. Off she went. So. And we went to KFC for our uh, combo <laughs> meals that were also 20 bucks a piece. Yeah. Um, at KFC. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> then we went ahead to uh, Guest House Hiba. Yes, which, which I, I had chosen it because uh, there was an Icelandic typewriter in the in the photographs in Airbnb, and I wanted to see it. Yes. And uh, I have a friend who collects typewriters, and I sent him a picture, and he, he like, started flipping out. He was emailing me, like, dude, we only know of three of those that exist, because he's in, like, a collective of world typewriter collectors. Huh. There's only three that exist that we know of. Where, where is that? Where are you? <laughs> like I'm at an Airbnb in Iceland. Where? What are you doing? Um, they were a lovely couple. They kind of welcomed us, and and uh, Hiba and her husband Christian had all sorts of artifacts in the house, and they're kind of giving us the history of yeah. some of the things. And there were a few other people there. There's some people from Vermont who were uh, running away from the new president, and uh, a couple people from the UK. And then the breakfast was amazing. <laughs> breakfast was amazing. <laughs> well, the big bread. The night before, so the whole house just smells like fresh bread. Oh, goodness. In the evening, yeah. which was amazing. 
fresh baked bread, yogurt, and lamb, and... Some kind of cheese. Cheese, all yeah. these Icelandic things that were just... The spread was unbelievable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was great. So... So there's, a, so there's a tip for you is that uh, one of our ways of saving money was we stayed at guest houses that served large breakfasts and we didn't have to eat lunch. We just had our, yes. we had our KFC meals for dinner. <laughs> That's how we kept costs down. <laughs> and something we had missed in the research is all over the place there are these big old stores called Bonus and there's a picture of a pig or something on there. And that's the supermarket mm -hmm. where you can get slightly normally priced food. Uh, which somehow we had, we had missed. We had missed. Yeah, we so. had missed that. That was part of the problem with because we were we were in country for two and a half days. So yeah. there were definitely a few things we missed, and things that were challenging to do that we could do on a if we planned a little better. But uh, also uh, driving a four wheel drive at full throttle for uh, two and a half days. Um, mm -hmm. We we spent more on gas for the Jeep than we spent for our airline tickets. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it down, and I, it's, I think we went a thousand kilometers in two days, and gas was seven fifty a gallon yeah. at the time. So whatever that conversion all is, but yeah, I think we it came out to about three hundred dollars worth of gas. Yeah, in yeah. two days, two and a half days. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, Iceland for a weekend. So it can be done. We got to see a lot of waterfalls. Got to see a lot of green yeah. space. So we even saw the sun for like twenty minutes on the yeah, second day. Yeah, we did have a about 20 minutes of really good sunshine. When the wind wasn't blowing 40 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. Also, also tip, uh, thing that we learned is that uh, if it's raining during the day, even if it's not cold, wear your rain gear. All because by the time it got close to the evening and it got cold, we were already soaked and it was too late. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I had brought just jeans and I think it, it didn't really occur to me that it could be raining. <laughs> So, oh, we were talking to Rosie, yeah. and Rosie had been there, and she says, yeah. two days ago, the whole country was covered in snow. Yeah. It was a winter wonderland. Just, yeah. And it all melted away right before we got there. It changes. It's a good time. So DL is the man of unconventional vacations. What is it that tends to bring you bring you on your journeys, or what, did, uh, what are some other things you've done in the past? And the opportunities just present themselves, and all the pieces just seem to fall into place. It makes it hard to say no. Like, you know, I really wanted to go to Iceland, and it was... Two and a half days in Iceland. Was like, well, if that's the trip, then let's go. Let's do it. Let's make it work. Make it happen. We did um, later that year. We did a road trip out west. Um, it was that same year. It was that same year. <laughs> I know, right? It was originally going to be flying out west and filming some things, but then pieces just didn't fall into place for that. And then there was a solar eclipse, and I drove to Illinois for the southern for the solar eclipse, and then. Uh, the next day, uh, drove to Kansas City where I picked up two of our friends that couldn't start the trip with me because they had something else going on in mm -hmm. Kansas City. And then we drove out through Denver and then down to Vegas where we picked you up. I sure had my uh, nephew. oldest nephew with me. Yeah. Um, it, uh, uh, but it was, it was pretty, a few days of pretty hard driving to get there and your flight came in late. And I remember yeah, everybody, two hours at least. Yeah, everybody was yeah. really tired and we were so like, we tired. just want to go to the hotel. And I said, guys... <laughs> We're in Vegas. Have we at least have to drive down the strip <laughs> and see the lights. All the so things. we did that. So we drove up the strip and down the strip and went to the hotel and went to bed. At which point, I had to get up at 4 o'clock the next morning and take my nephew to the airport. Because yeah. we ran out of space in the car at that point since, since Jeff had arrived. And uh, <laughs> so I took him to the airport. And then I went to the laundry and did laundry because I'd been on the road for six days already. 
<laughs> uh, we had crammed sure. in and did we did Grand Canyon and Zion National Park and mm -hmm. Pariah, Utah, where we shot a couple of music videos and up to uh, Salt Lake City, where we then put you back on a plane. And I left because you yeah. had didn't, you were out of vacation I had work. again. So this was yeah, this was. I think I left work on a Friday or Thursday, and yeah, just drove right from work to the airport. Yeah, had a six-hour day or something. Joined you all and then flew back on a Monday and morning. Yeah, flew back early Monday morning and yeah. went back to work for six hours that day. And then we continued on to Jackson Hole and Yellowstone and mm -hmm. and then went over to uh, uh, Mount Rushmore. At which point in time, I started calculating what it was actually going to take to get home and realized that I had miscalculated something somewhere. I think the biggest problem was we got to Yellowstone and we were going to camp there. But by the time we got to the campground, like the campgrounds were open mm -hmm. when we got to the entrance to Yellowstone. But Yellowstone is enormous. It's yeah. huge. It's 100 miles or more vertical, whatever it is. You know, it's I mean, oh. I mean, it's a, but, but so by the time we got up to the campgrounds, they were all full. And so, so we had to keep driving all the way up out the north end into Montana okay. um, and stayed there. But then when I calculated what it was actually going to take to get from Montana to Mount Rushmore and then from there to Madison, Wisconsin, which was our next stop, I went, oh, I screwed something up somewhere in my calculations. This will take a while. It was, it was, it was, so we went from there to Mount Rushmore and we ended up getting to Mount Rushmore after dark. And this was and this was interesting. Here you go, travel things. The the all of the internet is not everywhere. Uh, so I had cell phone service when we were driving across um, Montana and Wyoming to South Dakota, mm -hmm. uh, but we had no internet. And then I was trying to figure out how we were going to do Mount Rushmore and still leave there because I was planning on doing it that evening. But then we weren't going to get. Then suddenly we were behind schedule. I ended up having to call my sister and have her look up what time Mount Rushmore closed so we could figure out if there was enough time to actually go see it at night, which there was, as it turned out, which was great. So, but it was... Well, you got to see it all, like, lit up at night. Yeah, right? so it was lit yeah. up at night. And then, because, yeah. Uh, yeah, I had I had no cell phone service basically from Jackson Hole all the way up through all of Yellowstone, all the way back mm -hmm. until I got into somewhere close to Wisconsin or Minnesota before I got cell phone service again. Mm -hmm. It was... I got data again, so, which was really... Interesting, but yeah. So did the did the, we end up staying at a hotel right near Mount Rushmore because we were all exhausted at that point. So we just got a hotel. Then we got up in the morning and drove over there just after sunrise so we could actually see Mount Rushmore in the daylight as well. We, mm -hmm. we didn't we didn't go into the park. It's like we don't have time to go in, but you can see it from the road. And we're gonna go look at it from okay. the road, and then we're <laughs> gonna turn around and we're gonna take off. And so we did that. So we did the long haul day to Madison, Wisconsin, and got in there at late in the evening to uh, some college mm -hmm. friends of mine and stayed with them. And then the next day, chilled there a little bit and then went, our next stop was Dayton, Ohio. And I messaged my buddy in Dayton mm -hmm. and I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to get here at this amount of time. And he writes back, he goes, I've done that drive. You are not. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, there's no way you're making that drive at that time. And he was right. We didn't get into his place until 2 o'clock in the morning. Ooh. Thankfully, he's my friend who likes doing astrophotography, so late nights are not a uncommon thing he's for him, so, which was nice. But we slept yeah. there for a few hours. And then got up and drive home. I was basically straight from Yellowstone to home with just a few stops to sleep. And that was yeah. it. Yeah. So that sort of thing is my uh, is is mm -hmm. sort of the vacations that I take between that and then Thanksgiving that year. My uh, one of my uh, cousins was over for Thanksgiving, and he told me that he was doing a semester in Spain 
Yes. And he says, he says to me, I, I, I have a week off in April, so I'm going to go see all of Europe. To which I replied, you're going to see all of Europe in a week? Said, <laughs> First off, uh, you're crazy. Second off, clearly you've been hanging out with me too much if you think you're going to see all of Europe in a week. And third, that kind of sounds like fun. I think I might come with you. <laughs> sounds like I need to be there. <laughs> so we did that. We ended up doing that in the, uh, mm-hmm. the next spring. We went to, uh, flew into Paris, met him there, took the train to Berlin, were there overnight, then went to Prague, and then Salzburg, and then uh, Lausanne. And then he went back to school, and because I had a URL pass at that point in time, I just kept going and went to went to Zermatt to see the, the Matterhorn and mm-hmm. Interlaken and Fuss in Germany to see the new Schwanstein Castle, and, and then down to Venice for a couple of days in Rome. Uh, for five days and met up with another friend in Rome who was coming out to visit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, once I saw Rome and Positano and Pompeii and mm. just that, that's the sort of that was all in uh, 15 days, uh, which is good. just insanity. Yeah. Although, as I was discussing with some people earlier today about traveling, I said, 10 days, you really got to plan at the 10 day mark when I got to Rome and checked into my Airbnb. <laughs> I was like, I'm not doing anything. I just literally <laughs> sat there Airbnb for the rest of the day, did some laundry, and I was like, I'm not going out. I don't care if I'm in Rome. I don't care if there's stuff to see. I'm doing <laughs> nothing for the rest of the day. I'm just going to stop moving. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So yeah, that, that trip also I managed to do in a 29-liter backpack and a camera bag, a small oh, camera yeah. bag, for two weeks in Europe. Mm-hmm. I figure a 35-liter backpack was probably what I needed. There were a couple of things I would have liked to have had beyond what I had with me, but it was doable mm-hmm. with the small backpack. So, And it was, that was a different way of traveling for me too, because getting on and off the trains, yeah. it's unbelievably convenient to just have, every time I packed up in a hostel, I'm looking around and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm done. I'm done packing. Okay. <laughs> just, you know, within all minutes, you have is the little backpack. All I have is yeah. this. That's all I got to keep track of. Yeah. yeah. I actually thought about buying a slightly larger bag before that trip, and I decided not to do that, mostly because... I was like, I need to stop spending money before I get this trip. But I got one bag, and I think I can make it work, mm-hmm. uh, which I did. But I'm glad I didn't other elsewise because I discovered there were things that I wanted that I don't know that I would have known before I went on that trip. There are features mm-hmm. in the bag that would have been really helpful to have that I didn't know about until I had done it. Okay. The primary you kind which, of discover, yeah. Yeah, the primary which was I didn't have a dedicated um, laptop pocket in the mm-hmm. bag. So in order for me to get out my laptop meant moving things occasionally shuffling things in the bag which made it hard to work on the trains because it was like mm-hmm. i couldn't just get my back but i couldn't just get my laptop out and edit photos and put it back it was like it was a process to take it out and put it mm-hmm. back and i went if i really want to do this and really do the photography stuff having something where that's more accessible would have been very would have been very helpful the things we learn yeah traveling around exploring and you've been able so you've been able i mean you and i have done I guess three ridiculous adventures. At least. Yeah. Iceland road trip. And then we went out to Rocky Mountain National Park for two days this year. And uh, Ah, yes. That, yeah. was, not, that, was, another, that was another two-day trip. Hey, want to yeah. go for an overnight at Rocky Mountain National Park? Yeah, sure. Yeah, all right. And I brought our friend Michael along on that one. That one um, was in May. And it snowed. And it snowed inches. eight inches overnight on our tent. <laughs> <laughs> we also saw a moose. So that was cool. Up close. Um, and I really enjoyed just... I mean, so Dale and I met doing summer theater, and we've also done a bunch of different movie things together. Mm-hmm. Our friend Michael, who came with us to Rocky Mountain National Park, we also know him from our from the community theater group. But there's something about the 
kind of the shared experience, shared adventure, going somewhere completely different and experiencing that together and getting through whatever ridiculousness along the way and whatever amazing surprises as well. But do you have any like particular memories or conversations on any of those trips or any of those things that particularly just from a friendship or relationship point of view that was just... We went to Shenandoah. We did that that yeah, may we have been our that. first trip, the two of us. Yeah. That, that was... Was that 2016? Hey, or Memorial Day weekend? It. it was Memorial Day weekend. Decided we wanted to go down and see Shenandoah and go down and take pictures yeah. up and down Skyline Drive and then decided we were going to stay and went and found the little lodge at the on the top of the ridge. Yeah, to like 40, around 40, Sky, Skyland. Skyland. Yeah, Skyland. Yeah. We were checking in and I asked if they had any rooms with two double beds and the lady goes, uh, I'm giving it to these people that are standing next to you. So if you can talk them into giving it to you. It was a, it was a gal and her mom. They're like, we don't mind showing your bed. You can have it. Like, Thank you. I was, I didn't realize that happened. I was standing off to the side, like looking at, looking at an exhibit about some kind of something. <laughs> I was like, do you have one with two beds in it? Yeah. Because I'll do one bed. If that's what it takes to get it done, I'll do that. I did that with a, I did that with a friend of mine when I did the trip up to New York. I'd never mm-hmm. – okay, so I had been to 46 of the U.S. states before I ever went to New York City. That's pretty good. Which is <laughs> mind-bending for as close as we live. Yeah. It's funny because when I lived in Indiana, I went to Chicago all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I moved back here to the Baltimore area and I looked it up one day and it's like, it's the same distance to get from here to New York. I'm like, how have I never been in New York City? Yeah, what, am, what am I doing? But I, had a friend, I had a friend who had expiring Amtrak points, asked me if I wanted to go. Also had some motel mm-hmm. points. We mm-hmm. stayed at the Millennium Hilton Ooh. in the financial district, which was, mm-hmm. and we went in there and we walked in and they, they said, well, we've got a, we've got a room with uh, two uh, queen beds on the 36th floor or a room with a king-size bed on the 52nd floor. I looked at him and I went, I can share a bed. <laughs> Man, I want to see that view. It was on, yeah. the, it was on a corner. It was a corner room. Oh, my room. goodness. So wow. out, the, out the one window, we had the Brooklyn yeah. Bridge. And out the other window, we had uh, the Statue of Liberty. And what at the time was Ground Zero, which is now the, you know, mm, they just yeah. finally finished. They were just starting construction on the New World Trade Center okay. at the time. So, but yeah, <laughs> you know, if it, that's what it takes to... And it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll share a king bed with you if I get to be on the 52nd floor. <laughs> sure, why not? Necessary sacrifices. It's like it's, yeah. Yeah, I, I prefer not to, but hey, <laughs> that's the, if that's what gets me where I want to go, then yeah, that's fine. Mm-hmm. And you, uh, you had a wedding wedding you went to in Hong Kong. I did. And that was, a, that was only, a, was that a weekend? Yeah, it was an extended like, weekend. Uh, it was, I think days. it was four days total. Yeah. Including yeah. travel, but yeah. yeah, that was yeah that was after so after my trip last year to Europe, and had gotten the United Airlines credit card and got the mileage from that mm-hmm. covered uh, my trip to Hong Kong, so that it paid that go. paid for my my hmm. round trip to Hong Kong, which was which was really nice. I ended up paying anyway for the extra legrooms since it was my third international trip of the year. I went, I would like the extra legroom this time. <laughs> yes, please. Especially that distance. Yes, for that distance. Oh. And it was really nice because I ended up with nobody in the middle seat for my flight back, mm-hmm. which was amazing. Yeah. So I looked into doing business class, but I just couldn't quite justify the money. Yeah. It's like, eh, yeah, no. Well, that's probably all we have time for today. Okay. Uh, Dale, it's been wonderful traveling all over the place with you. and uh, Yeah, and hearing your stories of all the other stuff you've been doing and visiting other people and uh, going on other adventures. I'm looking forward to having people to stay with in Ireland so I can come hmm. in because I have never been to Ireland. 
Hmm. Hmm. I wonder what that's all about. I used to go to Ireland. <laughs> hmm. So, yeah, I'll probably see you over there. Yeah, yeah. just love all the conversations and the We've had some great conversations. And... I very much, yeah. very much enjoyed traveling with you. You're an excellent travel partner. And that's been... Thank you. I will miss that for you being there, but at the same time, I look forward to doing it elsewhere. Yes. So usually I'm usually I'm chill and flexible on on adventures. Usually, sometimes things don't work out, and you got to work through that. But uh, yes. you know, but we do. It That's what we do. That is what we do, indeed. Excellent, world traveler, Dale Moody. Thank you. Welcome. Always good. Reminiscing. The Connecting Flights podcast is produced by Jeff Stanford. Please subscribe, give us a rating, and share with your friends. Our music is provided by Nathan A. Moe. For more information and inquiries, head over to TravelHackingFlightPlan.com. <laughs>